We have to dive into his word. We have to stop wasting time on useless work. We have to stop filling our schedules with busy work and pursuing darkness or allowing ourselves to keep walking in darkness. We have to wake up. Hello, loves, and welcome to another episode of the Iron Wifey podcast, where we sharpen and encourage one another in Christ. I'm your host, Michaela Robertson, and thank you so much for joining us for another season. Yes, we are back. Another season, season four. I know, right? That's right. Yes, season four. Thank you for joining us for another season, another week, another day, another Sunday, and another opportunity to walk in the Lord's will for our lives. I'm so excited to be back. I feel like that month off was like a really long time to be away from you guys, quite honestly. Like, I feel like so much has happened in a month and I have so much to catch you up on, but I am really excited about what's in store for this season, some of the series that we have lined up, some of the amazing guests that are going to come through, and honestly, just some of the messages that the Lord has in store for us to deliver. And so are you ready? Because I'm ready. I'm really excited to be back, guys. Seriously. Um, So yes, today is Sunday, April 3rd, 2022. It is the start of a new month. It is the start of a new podcast season, and it is the start of a new quarter. And so today we're going to talk about wake-up calls because I'm going to be real with y'all. This is your wake-up call. A lot of you guys have been sleeping, sleepwalking, ignoring, resisting, all of the goals and dreams that you set from the beginning of the year. It's been three months. We are literally 90 days more into the year. Like this is a new quarter. So this is another opportunity for you to execute. Remember, this is our year of execution to execute on what it is God is calling you to do. Now, I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what that looks like or what your plans are, or honestly, I don't know what the Lord has been telling you. However, we talked about when we launched the, this first season, we came back in uh, December, I want to say, um, the episode that was the year of execution. Wow, that was way before December. That was definitely like October. Um, we talked about how 2022 is the year of execution. And we talked about that in three parts, meaning that this is the year to execute as in kill off anything that is stopping you from carrying out God's will and God's vision and God's plan in your life. We are going to execute as in carry out the vision. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision and make it clear so that those who read it can run with it. And so we need to have clarity in our vision. We need to be able to uh, relay what our vision is to properly communicate our vision so that anyone who hears it or receives it is able to run with it and support it and buy into our vision. And then we're also going to execute as in and get ready to sign on the dotted line of anything that the Lord has our name on it, whether that be contracts, checks, deeds, trust, you know, we don't know. Um, it's the year of executions, but also the year of double blessings. And so um, those blessings, they may come in monetary value. They may not come in monetary value, but if we execute as God has called us to execute, there is a blessing attached to our obedience. And so today I want to talk about wake up calls. And first I want to tell you a story, right? So of course, 
Um, my sophomore year at MSU, I decided that I was going to study abroad. And actually, <laughs> I proclaimed and claimed that I was going to study abroad. I remember being in a classroom where uh, one of the professors, her name was Jean, showed us a video about this program that she runs every other year where she takes students to South Africa. And she showed us this video with all these amazing kids and just this amazing experience. And I sat there and I watched that video and I said, I'm gonna be on that next trip. And she said, the next trip is next year, so prepare. And so for a year, I remember telling all my family that I'm busy next summer, I'm going to South Africa. And you know, when, when you don't have any plans and you don't have a passport and you don't have the money to pay for that trip and you a broke college student and it's only your freshman year, they're like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. She loves, she, she loves that college experience. Like that's adorable. But I literally did not make plans for that next summer. I knew because I was gonna be in South Africa that there was no reason for me to lock in any other events. And so every single person that came up and asked me, hey, what are you doing next summer? What are you doing? I'd be like, oh, I'm going to South Africa. And it was, when I tell you guys, my parents laughed, they laughed. And when the summer came around, uh, I ended up applying for financial aid uh, to help with my studies. And there happened to be an additional piece of financial aid that was added to my account because I qualified for it. And when I tell you it was just enough to go to South Africa, I literally mean it was the exact amount. It was about $10,000 added to my financial aid. And it was literally just enough for me to put down the deposit to book this trip to South Africa. And I called my parents and I told them, hey guys, I'm going to South Africa this summer. And again, they laughed at me but this time I had proof and I had a flight to actually show them. Um, and at that point, fear kicked in. Everyone was talking about how Africa is dangerous. You know, they're killing people over there. There's a lot of U.S. people who aren't coming back home. All this bad stuff about South Africa. But I knew when I saw that video that I was going to be on the next trip. And so when the opportunity came around, it happened. And so six months before the trip, we were... Um, assigned pen pals because the trip was focused on studying the HIV and AIDS epidemic in South Africa, as well as um, the disparities between poverty, like the middle class, the high class, like it was a, it was a lot that we studied in that trip. Um, but we were assigned pen pals with a couple of children in the community center that partnered with the school called uh, Vumanzuka Bayavana, Our Children's Future, uh, otherwise known as VVOCF. And we were assigned these pen pals and one of my pen pals name was Talita. And it's so cute because we would write letters back and forth to our pen pals and we would talk about how excited we were to see each other when we get to South Africa or when we finally meet in person. And we'd send pictures and, you know, like these letters would come every two, three months. But it was like really exciting because you're like, oh my gosh, like I actually am going to South Africa. I actually have a pen pal in South Africa. I have a little sister there who's I'm going to be able to connect with when I get there. And so we wrote all these letters back and forth. And I just, I already knew that she had a special place in my heart. 
I did. I already knew that she had a special place in my heart. And actually, for this episode, I pulled out these letters because why not? And of course, I kept them because why not? But the first letter, she actually talked about, she was like, Dear Michaela, you're so beautiful. I can't wait to see that face in person. I'm 16 years old. I go to this school. I'm not going to put her business out there. I have two little brothers and one little sister, and I love listening to rock and roll music. What's your favorite music? I also love watching movies, especially cartoons, but I don't have a favorite movie. And I like playing with my friends and my brothers and sisters. And I love reading and um, dancing, but I'm a bad dancer. And I love fashion. And most of the time, when I'm at my friend's house, I like to watch fashion shows on the television. I also like to play video games. I hope to, I hope to hear from you soon, and I can't wait to see your face. So this was one of our first letters written to each other way back in the day. Um, before we actually went on this trip. And so once we actually got to the trip, um, we were able to check in at this community center. We were able to build um, another container and paint it and decorate it and get it all set up for them to set up school in there. But the minute we got quality time with our pen pals, it was amazing. Like literally, absolutely amazing. I, I was immediately drawn to Talita's spirit. She was very quiet, um, very reserved, very observant, but she was just so sweet and she was so wise. And there was something about her spirit that she literally could just, she just brought peace. Like she commanded peace whenever I was near her. Like she just brought me so much peace. And when she spoke, she spoke wisdom. You know, she would speak things like, hey, you know, I see you're out here and you're doing this. And I just want you to know, you know, you're doing a great job. Or, you know, I read your letters and you said that you were kind of stressed with school. I just want you to know that God has a plan. And like she was just literally a true angel. And it's so funny because a lot of the girls that were teenagers in that community group were um, attracted to me. And I don't know if it was because I was the only one that looked like them who just happened to be um, on this trip, but a lot of them were attracted to me and we connected so quickly and so easily um, that it was literally painless. But Talita had a special place in my heart. And so when we left South Africa, um, months went by and you know we got a couple letters from them and they wrote letters about their experiences with us. And so Talita wrote another letter, which honestly, it was glued together. So all I saw was to my BFF from Talita with a, a bear on the back in flowers. That's all I saw. And this is what I thought the letter was. And when I actually reached out to the community organizer to see you know, what had happened to her, if she was still there to check in with her. She told me that there was nobody in that center by that name. Like, I reached out to some of the other girls that were there and they were like, I'm sorry, there's nobody here by that name. And I'm like, no, but like, I have her letters. Like, this is the first and last name on her letters. Like, I have a picture of her and I sent the picture and they were like, I'm sorry, I don't know who that is. There's nobody here that looks like that. There's nobody here that goes by that name. Um, and there's nobody here that, I'm sorry, but there, there's no one here that you are referring to. 
And I'm like, but no, like I, I, <laughs> I have letters, like I have pictures and they're like, I understand what you're saying. I see what you're saying, but on our roster, there's no one here by that name. And so I was so confused. And, you know, these were 15, 16 year old kids. Um, and so I figured, you know, maybe I'll be able to track her down one day. Maybe I'll receive another letter one day. And year after year, I checked Facebook, I checked Twitter, I checked Instagram, and I always looked for Talita. I always looked for her, hoping that one day I would just find her profile and be able to connect and let her know um, how sweet she was and how much she impacted my life. Because she did, she truly impacted my life. And funny enough, a couple of years went by. By this time, I was married, graduated from college, um, starting a new life. Like, honestly, all, the, all these things that happened post-college, post-studying abroad. And I was packing up our apartment and I came across the letters. And again, I came across this second letter. And what seemed to be two pieces of construction paper glued together was actually a letter on the inside. Like it was glued together when I received it. So I just thought it was just two pieces of paper, but I missed the letter on the inside. And it's amazing because it came right on time. You know, God is an on-time God. He'll always send you encouragement right on time. Um, but the letter came right on time and it was exactly what I needed to hear and what I needed to read from the girl who nobody knows existed except for me. <laughs> No one knew existed. And so her second letter was, and I'm just gonna read a little bit for you guys, but she says, Dear Michaela, I really enjoyed spending time with you and I wish we had spent more time together. I hope you didn't have to go back home so soon. Hopefully next year or the next time you're around, um, I hope we can see each other again. And for some reason, I feel like when I met you, it was like I was with someone who I've known my whole life instead of someone who just came from overseas. It felt like I was with my sister, someone I've known for a long time. You're much beautiful than in your picture and you really can dance. <laughs> I told you I was a bad dancer. You were a great mentor and a leader to me. And through all the conversations we had, I got some great advice, which I'm going to keep in mind. You're an open person, honest, and you should share what you have on your mind and heart with everyone. Keep moving forward, no matter what may come, and you may never give up, or I'm sorry, keep moving forward, no matter what may come in your way, and never give up, follow your dreams. I wish you all the best in life, and I hope that by now, you have your own Oprah show. Um, I wish you could get married to the man of your dreams, dreams is going to give you the love you need and deserve. And I also wish you and your family and friends the best. And I hope that God is with you every step of the way, because I know that he is. Tell your family you had a great time in South Africa and that it's not as bad as they think. And they should try to visit it sometime and see all the people who enjoy having fun and love each other so much. Also, tell them about VVOCF. Remember, they can be down here any time, summer, winter, or another season. But regardless of whoever comes, I'll never have another sister like you. I hope that you got home safe and sound. And I hope that you have a smile on your face. I'm going to miss you a lot. I'll remember you forever. I love you more than a four-letter word love. And I won't forget your love, your smile, and your kindness. With love, your little sister, Talita. And she enclosed another picture. And so this is 
the second letter that I got from Talita. The funny thing about this is I never reconnected with Talita. And honestly, I have not found her yet. But I did study in the Bible, in the book of Mark. And it's so funny because my stepmom said Talita could have been an angel. Since no one knows who she is, no one's able to track her down. No one is agreeing that this is a real person. <laughs> um, she was explaining to me that some angels do come in physical form. And so Talita very well could have been an angel. Um, but regardless, I have no idea. But when I studied the book of Mark, chapter five, it talked about the little girl who was restored to life. And if you have ever read or heard of the woman with the issue of blood, you probably know this story because it's actually tied in to the story. It happened at the same time. Um, but I feel like we always look at the woman with the issue of blood and quote that story, how she bled for 12 years and then she crawled and touched the hem of Jesus's garment and she was immediately healed. Um, we always look at that story and we don't read the rest of the chapter. We don't read the context within. Because when we actually look at Mark 5, it starts off talking about the little girl who was dying. And so Mark 5, verse 21, it says that Jesus had crossed over by a boat to the other side and a great multitude gathered to him. And he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, his name was Jairus. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she might be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed and thronged him. Now, a certain woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years, she had spent all the money and all the time that she had, but her issue grew further worse. And so we know this story. The woman had the issue of blood. She ended up touching Jesus with all these people around him. He was like, who touched me? She was like, me. <laughs> he was like, because of your faith, uh, go in peace. You've been healed of your affliction. And so Jesus is headed to this house. He's headed to Jairus's house to heal his daughter, who is literally at the point of death. And so that whole process was interrupted by this woman. Now, I love the story, the one with the issue of blood, but that whole, they were walking to the house. Imagine that you're like, Jesus, heal my, heal my child. They're dying. He's like, yes, yeah, sure. I'm going to come. I'm walking to your house and I get interrupted by someone else with another problem. And so after that, um, it says, if we go down to uh, verse 35, it says, now, while Jesus was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? And as soon as Jesus heard that the woman, um, what the woman had spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, don't be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he came into the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. So all these people were grieving. This little girl was dead. Um, and Jesus was like, mm, don't be afraid come in with me, you and uh, two others, uh, three others, Peter, James, and John. Y'all come with us too. Nobody else can come in. 30, verse 39, he said, when he came in, he said to them, why are you making all this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. 
and they ridiculed him. This is not me making this up, y'all. It literally says for verse 40, and they ridiculed him. But when he had put all of them outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was laying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talita kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. And so I want, when I read this story, and I was studying in Mark, first of all, when I saw the, the name Talita in the Bible, I was like, no way. Um, but when I read it, and it said Talita Kumi, meaning little girl, I say to you, arise. It was that little girl, Talita, in South Africa that sparked a fire in me that had never been sparked before. She was saying, arise. She was the angel that I needed in my life to tell me it's time to wake up. And when you look at this chapter, when Jesus came in and he said, the child is not dead, but sleeping. So many of us think that our dreams or our goals and our visions are dead. But the thing is, we have been sleepwalking. We have been sleeping, y'all. Some people sleep with their eyes awake. Some people sleepwalk for real. But we have been sleepwalking. Because the child, that thing that you're going to birth, that thing that you've been carrying, that vision that, you know, you that God has placed in your spirit, in your soul, in your room that you were supposed to birth out is not dead, but sleeping. And so it's time for you to wake up. Talita Kumi, little girl, arise. Arise. Child, wake up, sis. It's time to get up. Bro. You slept in too long. Get up. It's time to get up. And so I was amazed when I read how that story, first of all, connected to the girl who had such a great impact on my life, but also who brought me the greatest wake-up call. And so I'm so excited to dive into how we can wake up, why it's important for us to arise, why we have been sleepwalking for so long, and how now... With it being April 3rd, with it being the start of a new month, the start of a new quarter, this is the perfect time for you to arise. This is the perfect time for you to take your rightful place and for you to execute on all the stuff that God has called you to do. Don't sleepwalk for another three months. Allow these 90 days to really push you into what God has called you to do. And so as soon as we get back from the break, I'm going to talk uh, a little bit more about wake-up calls and the importance of them. We'll be right back. Iron Wifey Podcast is designed to sharpen and encourage men and women in Christ. And so when I release these podcast episodes, when I am recording, when I am praying over what to release to you, the word that God has for the week, it is to send out a message that is going to encourage or send out a message that is going to sharpen others. And in order to send out that message, of course, yes, I post, I put it out there. I have you guys here to listen to it, but I also encourage you to have feedback. I encourage you to let me know what you think. I encourage you to rate, review, subscribe. So if you are listening to this podcast on podcasting platforms, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, Anchor, whatever you're listening to this podcast on, please rate, review, subscribe. It helps. It grows the podcast. It gets the message out there and it allows for other people to receive a word that's going to sharpen and encourage them. But if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to this YouTube channel and comment below your takeaways from this episode, because I believe that each and every message that is put out there is spirit spirit driven and God led. And so I just want to make sure that I am being obedient and I know that I am being obedient when at least one person is impacted by this message. And so if you are that one, please let me know, comment below how this message has helped you. And that's it. So let's get back into this episode. All right, guys. So before the break, I told you guys the story about Talita and the amazing impact that she had on me. But now it's time for us to wake up because that little girl woke me up. And I don't know about you, but we're not we're not going into 2023 without executing on what God has called us to do. And so funny enough. I want to talk about wake up calls, right? I spent five years working in hospitality. I worked in the hotels, started at the front desk. I moved to sales. I moved to banquets. I moved to catering. I was a bartender. Um, I did events. I was in wedding sales and planning. I went up to corporate and did their secretary work. I, I spent a long time in hospitality. And the funny thing about wake up calls is when you check into a hotel, you can actually ask for a wake up call. And the thing is, there is a separate phone dedicated to wake up calls. It's not the front desk phone. It's literally a separate phone attached to each room where you can log a wake up call, but there's only one call per room. And so when you call down to the front desk and you're like, Hey, Michaela, I'd like a wake up call for 6am. I'm literally writing that down. And I'm like, Hey, thank you so much. I'll have, I'll schedule, I'll put that right in for you. And I go to that phone and I push your room number 2717 because Proverbs 2717 over here. I put in your room number. I put in your wake up call for six or 7 a.m. And then I push schedule and it's done. That's the wake up call. Now, if you call me again and you're like, hey, Michaela, can you set another wake up call for me for uh, 830? I'll tell you, you know what? I can definitely do that for you. But the thing is, I'm not going to that phone. It's my responsibility to write down your second wake up call. And it's my responsibility to reach out to you as soon as your first wake up call is done at six or seven. I can't remember what time I said <laughs> at six or seven, whenever that first wake up call is done to call you at 830 or to put in your second wake up call in the slot that your first wake up call was. So I have to wait until that first one is done to put in your second wake up call, or I have to pass down that information to the next shift and notify them that your room had a second wake up call. And so the beauty about the first wake up call is it's scheduled, it's automatic, it comes with ease. When we first started this year, this year being the year of execution, that was your first wake up call. With the New Year's Eve hype, New Year's resolutions, everything going on, being out of 2021, hoping that 2022 was, you know, really like double what everybody proclaimed. That was your first wake up call. There was no problem. I didn't have to do anything except say yes and put it in the phone. But now here we are, 
here we are three months later, four months later, actually, here we are four months later. And some of y'all need a second wake up call because you snoozed the first 30 days of this year, first 90 days of this year, the first three months you hit snooze. You needed that second wake up call. And so as your hospitality expert, <laughs> as your hospitality guide, I am going to tell you that this is your wake up call. I'm not passing this down to the next shift. I am physically here to notify you that this is your time to arise. I am physically here to notify you that your dream is not dead. To notify you that when you, when your parents went to the Lord on your behalf, when you went to the Lord on your behalf, when you asked God to give you a dream and a vision and a goal, and he gave it to you, regardless of what other people say, that dream is not dead. Regardless of how many times you may get distracted on your way to execute, the dream's not dead. Jesus was on his way to heal the daughter. She was at the point of death. Jesus was on his way to heal her. And he didn't get distracted. Jesus knew that I'm gonna heal this woman and they gonna tell me that this, this little girl's dead and I'm gonna be like, no, she not y'all. She just sleeping and she gonna get up. He already knew these things. So why are you allowing the other people to come and tell you that your dream is dead? Why are you allowing all these people to weep and lament and you know celebrate, well, not celebrate, but show their grief around your dream? Why are you allowing a funeral to happen for your dream, for your child, for the thing that you're gonna birth out when Jesus said, it's not dead. It's, it's sleeping. You've been sleeping. Why are you sleeping? It's time to get up. And the beauty about that scripture that we read is that Jesus didn't bring in everybody. He only brought in the parents and his three disciples. Everyone else can sit out there and lament all they want to. They can cry all they want to about how the dream is dead, about how, you know, news is dying, about how there's no money in this industry, about how all these things are falling apart, about how there's no jobs out there. That has nothing to do with you. And only a select group of people belong in the sacred space to witness you rising, to witness you waking up, because some people are going to let you sleep, and it might be the people that are around you. And so check your circle, check your circle, because when it comes to executing and when it comes to carrying out this thing that God has called you to do, y'all, we need to stop sleeping. We need to stop sleeping and we need to wake up. Talita kumi, little girl, arise. You are not dead. You may have been sleepwalking, but you are not dead. And so it's time to get up. It's time to get up. And so Proverbs chapter six, verse nine says, but you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? Now, laziness can also keep us asleep. Procrastination can also keep us asleep. Fear can keep us asleep. Doubt can keep us asleep. Disobedience is definitely going to keep us asleep. <laughs> All these things are going to keep us asleep. 
but lazy bones, when are you going to get up? When are you going to get up? I remember my grandmother would always let me sleep in. There was nobody else's house I could go to except for hers. And she would let me sleep in until 12, one o'clock in the afternoon. And my dad would be furious. <laughs> he would literally go to work in the morning and come home at two, three o'clock. And I was just getting up showering and eating breakfast. And he would be pissed. He's like, no, you are lazy. You're just lazy. Get up. The whole day didn't go on by and you sitting here asleep. And I used to be like, dad, I'm tired though. <laughs> and my grandma would let me sleep because as a, as a kid, I had a lot of responsibilities. But when you are raised in that, and you become an adult and you're trained that it's okay to keep sleeping, then you become lazy and you allow that sleep to keep you from pursuing what God has called you to do. And so this is a wake-up call. And honestly, the word of God is a wake-up call. God's word is waking up all the sleepwalkers. He, he's coming for all the smoke. He called us to be children of light, which uh, the chapter, the verse I'm about to read is another translation talks about it, how it is being a light, how we need to be children of light, but he is shining a light in the darkness and we've been sleeping too long. And so that bright light is going to make the way of Jesus Christ very plain, and very clear to the point where we have no, not no idea, but we have no other choice, but to execute. We have no other choice. And so looking at Ephesians 5, verse 8, through 17. And actually, before I get there, right, just a really cute story. Um, Ephesians 5, I bought this notebook, which I don't have near me, but it's okay. Um, I bought this notebook for my trip to South Africa. And I said that I was going to write all, write down all my journeys and journal and all this stuff. It was going to be great. And the notebook had Ephesians 5, 2 on the outside that said, live a life of love. And so I was so excited about this notebook. And it's literally like a tiny notebook. It was like a little one but I bought it specifically for the South Africa trip. And I was going to literally jot down everything that happened. And I forgot the notebook at home, y'all. I packed, I packed a whole five months worth of clothes for a couple week trip, <laughs> all this stuff. And I forgot the notebook at home. And I told my mom to send it to me. And I gave her our, our Airbnb address at that time. It was just a hotel, like a hostel. Um, but my mom sent the notebook. I never got it. Two years later, that notebook came back to me. <laughs> Literally, like this could not be delivered and the notebook came back after not having it for two years. And so I, I think it's funny how the Lord works because we're about to look at another verse in Ephesians 5, how we were told to imitate um, Christ and live a life of love. And so here, Ephesians 5, verse eight through 17. Now this is the message version because I like to keep it real, but the same, I don't usually read the message version. Usually I'm NIV or NLT, but I just love how this kind of breaks it down in layman's terms because um, a lot of us need to wake up. And so sometimes we need to just hear it as it is. Okay, so Ephesians five, eight through 17 says, you groped your way, or I'm sorry. Yeah, you groped your way through that murk once, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The bright light of Christ makes your way plain. So no more stumbling around. Get on with it. The good, the right, the true. These are the actions appropriate for daylight hours. Figure out what will please Christ and then do it. Don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham that they are. It's a, it's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see. 
rip the cover off those frauds and show how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Ephesians 5, 8 through 17. And so I love this translation because like I said, when it keeps it real, it keeps it real. But also it says, don't waste your time on useless work or mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. When we talk about being a light, living in the light of Christ, we don't associate the light of Christ with the barren pursuits of darkness. You know, we think darkness is in like evil, but darkness can be like going around with your eyes closed. Darkness can be sleepwalking when you know that you need to wake up and get something done. Darkness can be blinding yourself to what it is you're called to do. And so when it says, don't waste your time on useless or busy work, like y'all, like we need to actually execute this vision that God has given us. We need to stop filling our days with these random tasks that do nothing for our lives, nothing for our souls, nothing for our future. You know, the verse before that, it says that the good, the right, and the true, these are the actions appropriate for daylight hours. Meaning that all things that are good, right? If you look at the Bible, when God created the heavens and the earth, when God created night and the day, when God created man, when God created the animals, all of God's creations were good. And so the actions appropriate for daylight hours being those that are good means that we need to create because God, what he created was good. And so the act of creation is good as long as it is in alignment with the Lord's will. And if God has called you to create something, then it's going to be good because he doesn't call you to do anything less than his best. And so when it says, these are the actions appropriate for daylight hours, the good, the right, and the true. Let us execute, let us create all good things. All good things come from the Lord. And so if we know that we are following in his will and his plan, then the things that we create are also going to be good. And so we're supposed to rip off the sham of those that are wasting their time in the darkness. We're supposed to rip off the cover of those who attempt to look like the light of Christ, but really don't live it out in their lives. We're supposed to expose these things. So many of us have been sleepwalking. So many. And honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. All of 2021, yo, I was asleep. I was, I was asleep. And I was awake sleep too. I knew what I was supposed to do. I was a little excited about it, but not really. But for some reason, I just couldn't wake up. And so when Ephesians 5 says, wake up from your sleep, climb out of your coffins, it's just a reminder that's saying, Talita Kumi, little girl, arise. 
arise into what God is calling you to do. And I'm not singling out the guys if you're listening, but this is Iron Wifey and we sharpen encourage women in Christ. But I just want you to know, arise, step into your God-given gifts. This message can be for men and for women, but little girl, arise, Talita, Kumi. It's time for you to wake up. You've been sleeping for way too long. People have been saying that you've been dead for way too long. They've been saying that your dream is dead for way too long. You have believed that your dream is dead for way too long. And so just like that second wake up call, I'm right here. I'm right here and I'm dialing you and we talking directly. And I'm letting you know, good morning. This is Michaela from the front desk. It's time for you to wake up. This is your wake up call. Because that first one, you hit snooze. That first one you missed for some reason, whatever that reason was, you missed it. But you're not gonna miss this one because when I'm at the front desk, I'm gonna keep calling. <laughs> I'm gonna keep calling until you answer the phone. And if you are listening to the sound of my voice right now, then I know that God has called you here to wake you up and that this is your personal wake up call. If anyone has ever told you that your dream is dead, I want you to know it's not. You've just been sleeping. Wake up. Get out of your coffin. What does the Bible say? It says, wake up, climb out of your coffin, watch your step, use your head, make the most of every chance you get. Make the most of every chance you get. And most importantly, the Bible talks to, talks to us about figuring out what will please Christ and then do it. The only way we can figure that out is if we know Christ. Because if you're looking to please me, you have to know what actually pleases me. Just like my father, if I want to please him, I have to know what actually pleases him. We have to dive into his word. We have to stop wasting time on useless work. We have to stop filling our schedules with busy work and pursuing darkness or allowing ourselves to keep walking in darkness. We have to wake up. Wake up. Can you hear me? Yes. Wake up. <laughs> this is your wake up call. This is your wake up call. Because I want to see you win. Because you are a child of God, you are already victorious. You just have to step into your victory. But you can't step into nothing if you're still sleeping. I want to see you win. And I want to see you execute in all three ways this year, y'all. I want to see you kill off this sleeve that you've been allowing to keep you sleep. I want to see you kill that off. I want to see you wake up and climb out of your coffin. I want to see you execute in the, the God-given gifts that God's given you and the vision he's given you for this year and for your life. And I want to see you execute and sign on the dotted line everything that God has on your name because this is the year of double blessings, y'all. <laughs> This is the year of double blessings. Nothing happens by chance. And I am so blessed by the fact that every step in my journey has led, to share, has led me to share my testimony. Because I, if I would have never had the faith to believe that I was going to go to South Africa, I would have never met Talita. I would have never met her the 16-year-old girl who changed my life forever and is in a story that I literally carry with me literally all the time in mind. Whenever I feel like I'm sleepwalking, all I hear is Talita Kumi. 
And I remind myself with the letters that she wrote me that it's time to wake up. That if God has given you a vision, that you should go for it. That you can follow your dreams. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't. And so again, y'all, this is your wake up call. I'm here to wake you up. And hopefully you actually heed this wake up call. You actually get up. You actually climb out of your bed or climb out of whatever's been keeping you sleep for so long, climb out of your coffin and allow Christ to show you the light because there's no more darkness in this room. We are children of the light and we're going to walk in the light of Christ and we're going to let our light shine. We are not going to let others dim our light. We are not going to dim others' light. Just because we are shining, there is room for all of us to shine because Christ is bright and shines within us. And so this is your wake-up call. Wake up. Wake up. Take your rightful place and get ready to execute because we're here and it's Q2 and we already started y'all. So if you are listening to this episode, it is now April 3rd, 2022. We are three days into Q2 and I want you to set your goals for this month. I want you to set your goals for the next 30 days, the next 60 days and the next 90 days. And I want you to step-by-step execute on those goals. You don't have to do it all in one night. You don't have to do it all in one weekend. Take it step-by-step, set the goal, write the vision, make it clear so that all who read it can run with it. Because this is not, a, what was I about to say? This is not a short race, a sprint. There we go. This is not a sprint. This journey of life is a marathon and we got to build up the endurance in order to finish the race. But like I say, at first we got to wake up. Okay. So this is your wake up call, y'all. I love you guys. I'm so glad that you guys came to be here. I don't know if Talita was an angel or not. I'm going to keep on looking. (laughs) I'm going to keep on looking online, see if I can find her. But that was back in 2000, shoot, 2012. It's been 10 years, 10 years, and I haven't found her and nobody knows who she is. And clearly this girl is non-existent. So she could have been the angel that God sent on this earth to wake me up. But either way, It's because of her that I'm here to wake you up. So I want you guys to wake up, step into what God has given you and be ready to execute because we are in here. All right. All right, loves. Well, that does conclude today's episode of the Iron Wifey podcast. I did want to uh, include a new segment, right? I feel like I have to sneeze, (laughs) y'all. There it is. Okay. So um, every episode that I do on here, I do want to include a new new segment called Dear God, I'm Grateful, where I talk about one thing that I'm grateful for for the week. And to be quite honest with you guys, this is probably real cliche because we just had this conversation. But today, dear God, I'm grateful for wake up calls. I'm grateful that you used a child to wake me up. I'm grateful that your word says little girl arise because it was a message for me to wake up and I'm grateful for all of the women and men but I'm grateful for all the women on here who are about to wake up from their sleep who are about to step into your calling who are about to use the gifts that you have given them and actually execute the vision that you have for their lives I am grateful for wake up calls because with everything in the world to be grateful for. If I'm still sleeping, I won't even recognize it. 
So yes, dear God, I am grateful for wake up calls. And dear God, I'm grateful is a segment that I'm going to include in uh, every podcast episode moving forward. So prepare for that. And again, I'm so excited about some of the guests that we have. Um, I think it's going to be a really great season these next three months because yeah, why, why not? Why not? Why not execute and what God has called us to do and really just step into what God has for us. So yeah. Anyway, I'm glad to be back y'all. It has been too long since we've last talked. It's been way too long. Happy to be back. Happy for season four of the Iron Wifey podcast. Happy for you to tune in. Know that I love you and God loves you, or I'm going to rephrase that. Know that God loves you and so do I. I will talk to you loves next Sunday, Laura Willen, in another episode of the Iron Wifey podcast. Bye. Thank you.